Hi, family, and welcome to our midweek Bible study. Thanks for helping me out again tonight. And we're right back in Second Peter. Yeah, and we're going to be able to share this evening right from the same passage that we were looking at, uh, July the first. I'm fortunate I remembered that date, but we're I'm cheating. I we're look still right here in chapter one, so <laughs> this may take a while. <laughs> Oh, this book is so powerful, and there's just so much that to even tonight, I thought we'd be able to finish this up when we started this message, the 1st of July, but since it was so far back, let's do a little review. Will you read the scripture? Sure. We're looking at Second Peter chapter 1. We're going to start reading at verse 11. Then God will give you a grand entrance Amen. into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things. Even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you've been taught. And it is only right that I should keep reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will, I will work hard to make sure that you always remember these things after I am gone. What a powerful and poignant passage of scripture as we read that tonight. You know, Peter's writing, and he is literally, he's beginning to face death. He's, mm -hmm. He knows that the end is not far off, and we believe he was martyred somewhere around A.D. 68. And he's kind of leaving his last will and testament. Um, he's leaving his last words. Uh, my father's last words to me, I love telling people about this, but before I flew back to, to uh, Detroit, I was going to stay. I was going to cancel my plans to be here to speak that weekend. And my dad looked at me and says, no, I want you to go back home. <laughs> I want you to preach the gospel. Them Yankees need Jesus. <laughs> those, those were some of his. But his Good very, southern boy. <laughs> yeah, but those very last words to me were, son, my tithes are paid ahead. He wanted me to know yep. that he had given. And I want you to know tonight, there is a real blessing in giving. On Sunday mornings, for the last two weeks, we've been looking at the subject of happiness. And today I was reading my Bible, and uh, this is an old version of the Bible I enjoy using. It's the New English version of the Bible. But listen to how they translate the words of Jesus, where Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. I think all of us are familiar with that passage in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. But in the New English translation, it says, happiness lies more in giving than in receiving. Happiness lies more in giving than in receiving. And what Paul, excuse me, Peter is doing, Peter is leaving for the church a gift. He's leaving kind of this last will, mm -hmm. these last words that are so important. It's the thing that he wants to emphasize. Yeah. He wants to say, look, guys. This is what's really important. If I get to tell you one last thing, yeah. this is it. And so he uses three R's. Do you remember what they are? Reading, writing, arithmetic? No, no, no. <laughs> not reading, writing, arithmetic. Yes, I do. Remind, reminding, and... Remember. 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 I need remember, that. Remember, remember. <laughs> so remember more or less means recall. And that's what, you know, sometimes we struggle with is... You know, it's not that the memories aren't there in our minds and in our hearts. It's being able, it's having the ability to recall them. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll get stuck for a word and you, somebody will go, they'll say the word for me. I'm grateful for that. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> I'm grateful for that. But other people seem to be offended by that, that if you start to fill in the word for them. 
But I'm grateful when people want to help me out so I'm not standing there with a brain stone trying <laughs> to grab it back. But the, one of the first things he says is keep reminding each other of God's promises and his covenant. And the reason that he's doing that, and by the way, these notes are on the app. You can go to the Apple Store and download our app, Woodland Church Mobile. Is that correct? Yep. Or you can go to the Google Play Store and you can download it there as well. But in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12, read that again, please. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them yeah. and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. So Peter's being, I'm always saying Paul there for some reason. <laughs> Peter is being like a coach. He's constantly reminding them of the fundamentals of the faith. That's what great coaches do. And I shared in the first message, and you can get this online if you want to look at it later, about Dr. Erickson's research that found that you can become an expert at something if you just practice it enough. And what Peter is saying is he wants to remind them in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. Do you mind reading that? In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it's so important to focus right there. He's reminding us of we want to grow in our knowledge, but we want to be productive in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people know about Jesus, but they never really do anything mm -hmm. in faith. They're afraid to give time. They're afraid to give their talent or they're afraid to give their treasure. But the people who really discover happiness are the people, like the Bible says, like Jesus says, they learn to give of their time, their talent, and their treasure and to share with others. In the children's ministry over the last few weeks, we've been studying the life of Abraham, yeah. Jacob, and this week it was when Jacob had the dream that God was reminding him yeah. and saying, I remember my promises to your father. Absolutely. Do you remember your prom Absolutely. the promises? And the promises I made to your father and your grandfather, yeah. I'm going to keep with you. Well, you know, let's move on because we could still just preach from this first <laughs> point and not get any further. But I have kind of adopted for my life uh, as a pastor, as your husband, as our children's father and my children's grandfather, and even as a friend and a neighbor in our community, I'm constantly trying to do this. I, I did this on a phone call with a business person this evening that doesn't go to our church, and, and they paused for just a moment. They go, thank you, and, and, and said, you too, as though they were agreeing with me. It's the purpose of my life. It's what Peter is saying. It's the purpose of his life. It's the purpose of my life to help others remember what God has said, mm -hmm. to help them remember. Recall is so important. If we remember, then our actions yeah. and reactions will be based on remembering that yeah. covenant. Yeah. And a lot of us have memories that we would like to forget. A lot of us have painful memories. I was praying with someone this evening about painful memories. And the best way to replace those painful memories is, first of all, to process them in prayer with the Lord, uh, with your pastor or your small group leader, or if you need, to, to find a counselor to help you process those bad memories with. But begin to replace them and rebuild them with what the Bible says about your life. And that's what's so important because Peter is reminding them of who they are in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful example yeah. of how much God loves us and cares for us in that his inspiration through Peter is saying, remember, yeah. don't forget, remember. Yeah, he wants to be remembered, but he wants them to remember Jesus. Yeah. 
And you know, one of my heroes, and I've often uh, re referenced his books here, I've recommended his books to people, I had trouble recalling my word right there, <laughs> uh, recommended his books here to our congregation is J.I. Packer. His book, Knowing God, was so influential in my life. And providentially, right after I read Knowing God, I read Chuck Colson's Loving God. What a powerful book that was. And what a combination. Yeah, well, Chuck Colson was someone that had really failed miserably, and Christ saved him and restored him. And J.I. Packer had a terrible accident as a child, uh, ran underneath a large truck and just, you know, just crushed his head. And he became a scholar. He became this passionate follower of Jesus Christ. But I was watching a video on his life. I shared this with our church. But on this video, he was asked, how would he like to be remembered? And this is just an excerpt of what he said. He said in that British voice that I can't imitate. But he said, I would like to be remembered as a voice that focused on the authority of the Bible, the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, the wonder of his substitutionary sacrifice and atonement for our sins, calling Christian people to holiness and challenging lapses in Christian moral standards. I would like to be remembered as someone who was always courteous in controversy. Isn't that a beautiful way? That's a, that's a, that's that's a good way to put it. You know, yeah. I was always courteous in controversy, but without compromise. And then he goes on and he wraps up that statement and he says, if your joy matches my joy in Christ as we continue in our Christian lives, you will be blessed indeed. You know, Peter didn't seem to struggle with the fact that he was at the end of his life. No. J.I. Packer, to say those kind of things, it was like, like Paul said, I've come to the end of my race, I've run a good yeah. one, and now I'm ready to go. It doesn't seem, I've watched uh, uh, two videos about Packer's life that was made about him at the end of his life. He was this unassuming, very humble man. He continued, he was, he was just shy of his 94th birthday, and he continued teaching to just three or four years ago. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Teaching right into his 90s, he loved his students. But he, he's leaving for us the same thing Peter left for us. Now, Peter was martyred for his faith. He didn't die peacefully in his bed or in his old age. Um, let's look at this next verse, 2 Peter chapter 1. It is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live, for our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. In the previous passage, when we looked at uh, verses 5 through 9, we looked at all of the things that we needed to add to our faith if we were going to keep growing. Such things as virtue and knowledge and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But there's just a couple of things I'd like to point out that I pull from this. First of all, God is the source of all life. God is the source of all human life. He's the source of all animal life, all marine life. Everything that exists, it comes from God. And there is a reason that the Bible refers to God in the masculine tense rather than the feminine tense. It does, by referring to God in the masculine tense, it doesn't mean that males, men, are superior to women. I would never think of myself <laughs> superior to you. That's a wise thing, don't you think? You're a smart man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a smart man. It's not saying that men are superior to women, but it's saying that God created. He is the source of life. He is the giver of life. Life wasn't conceived in the womb of God. 
God actually spoke forth life into the world. God actually breathed life into us. And the way that we conceive babies today is so different than the way that God created. And I love this passage in Genesis 1.26 where God says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now the reason that is so important is because in that Greco-Roman world that they lived in, they were surrounded by feminine deities that were worshipped. Do you remember one of the biggest controversies that happened was the goddess of Diana when the idol makers were losing their source of income and yep. they riot? Remember that? Yep. So he's showing, and, and, and you find this true today in some of the New Age movement. They, they want to say that, that God is our earthly mother or something like this. Women get their femininity from God, but God is the source of life, not in conceiving life, but that he spoke forth life by his word and created it. And the second thing is because God created life, there's dignity to all life. Our dignity, our sanctity, when we talk about the sanctity of human life, our sanctity comes because we're created in the image of God. Would you read this next verse? The Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. He ga we gazed on His glory, the kind of glory that belongs to the Father's unique Son, full of grace and truth. And Peter is reminding them of who they're serving, of who the Lord is. He's reminding them of Jesus Christ, that God came in the flesh. And I love the illustration that I was able to, to use Sunday morning. That they, was such a good illustration. It stuck in my mind all week. Do you remember it? Do I you do. recall it? Can you share it? The God Trinity, the God yep. the Father, is God, the Spirit without flesh. Without skin. Jesus is the incarnate Christ. Yeah. He's God with skin. Right. And the Holy Spirit is God, God in our skin. In our skin. There you go. <laughs> High five. Way to go. See, I was listening. Yeah, I knew you were listening. But, you know, the fact is that our God is one, and Jesus Christ came in the flesh, and he tabernacled among us. I almost messed up that word. He <laughs> tabernacled among us. He made his dwelling among us. Friends, the fact that God became flesh once again illustrates to us the dignity of life. You matter to God. That's the reason that Jesus came and dwelt among us. You hear that a lot today, yeah. you know. Life matters, and, and I want to say, yeah, that's what God's been saying yeah. all along, that life matters. Really, life matters, but human life really matters, and that's the thing mm -hmm. that's important. And, you know, that doesn't mean we don't love animals. That doesn't mean we don't love our pets. doesn't mean we don't love hamburger and fried chicken, <laughs> but all life matters, but human life is sacred to the Lord, yes. whether it's the preborn life or whether it's the elderly, whether it's the unborn child or whether it's the elderly, all human lives matter to God. They're created in His image. And friends, I just want you to know, you're not an accident. You're not the result of just uh, your parents' passion or something like that. You were planned and ordained by God. You matter to the Lord. Your life has dignity. That life has a purpose. <laughs> yes, it does. That life is, has a plan that God foreordained, uh -huh. and he says he knew us in the womb before we ever right. saw daylight, so and he has a plan. Yeah, so he wants us to remember the source of life is God, the dignity of our life is reflected in that we were created by God, and that Jesus came and dwelt among us. Jesus didn't become a cow, 
Jesus didn't become an eagle. God came and became human among us and dwelt among us. And so it shows us, Peter is going to be reminding us the whole purpose of life. Why did Jesus come? Would you read that? Romans 15, 9. This is from the New Living Translation. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. Can we stop? I know we're teaching right now, but can we just stop for just a moment? If you're watching at home now, if you're driving and listening, just, just pray with us. But let's just give the Lord thanksgiving for God having come to us in Christ. We were talking about Christmas all the way over here. And God came that we might give him glory. So let's do that. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I just lift my heart, I lift my hands to you, and I thank you for the gift of life that you have given us in Christ. I thank you that our lives, Lord, have dignity because you are the source of our life. And I thank you that our lives have purpose as we live and glorify you. And I thank you that you prepared a place for us in heaven just as Peter is driving at here in this passage tonight. And we give you thanksgiving for all of that. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Well, Paul also writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if we get this right, as a result of our ministry, other people will give glory to God. Other people will give glory to God. Whatever you do, in particular, he's talking about giving. Remember what I shared with you at the beginning tonight? Happiness lies in more in giving than in receiving. And Paul goes on to write, for your generosity, generosity to them and all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. I am so thankful for our church, for our church's faithfulness, for mm -hmm. the tithes and the offerings. We've been able to support our missionaries. We've been able to feed the hungry. We've been able to uh, expand our ministries during this time, as well as support the local ministries here at Woodland. There's so many things happening because of the generosity of this church, and people are giving God glory and honor. And so I just want to encourage you in your faithful stewardship tonight, put God first and experience the joy in, in doing that to Him. Well, one final verse on this point from 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to skip ahead just a little bit, but you'll see why. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. I overheard a conversation one time with somebody who was being, they were being critical of my faith. They were being critical of the fact that I was an outspoken Christian. <laughs> and they did not know I was in the next room. And so I was curious. So I just, I was there. I wasn't eavesdropping. They were talking loud. One of them especially was talking loud because I was an outspoken Christian. But one of the men in that room, and I would call his name, but, you know, one of the men in that room says, you know what, I don't like the fact that he's such an outspoken Christian, but I will tell you this, his words match his life. Wow. And you can't criticize him because of that. His words match his life. That, to me, was one of the highest badges of honor. Now, that man has never crossed the line yet. <laughs> but I will continue being an outspoken Christian in his life. And so, friends, even though some people may not like the fact that you're a believer, I want to challenge you tonight. Live such good lives that people will glorify God on the day of his visitation. Well, the third thing tonight as we get ready to wrap this up this evening 
is recommit today by staying faithful to God during the good or the hard times. We've had to do that from time to time, haven't we? We've had some good ones and we've had some tough yeah, ones. Yeah, we've had some challenging days and some good mm -hmm. days. Someone was telling me today how they used to take a second job on the weekend helping someone yeah. paint houses just so they could put groceries on the sure, table. Sure, sure. Uh, because things weren't going so well at that point in their life. And we were talking about how God always honors yeah. integrity. Yeah. I remember our good friend down in Georgia that they had tithed. And once they had tithed, they had nothing left over after mm -hmm. they paid their bills. Do you remember the story? I do. Can you tell I it? I do. She had gone and was going to buy groceries. And it was either buy groceries or pay their tithes, yeah. send their tithes in. And she just made the decision, Lord, we're going to honor you, yeah. and went and dropped their tithes off. And while she was in, I don't remember if it was the store or the, the post, post office, office, the post office, that when she came back, someone had filled her car in the back seat with groceries, even down to the special cookies that her children had requested that she buy. Fudge-covered Oreos. <laughs> And who can find those? You know, fudge-covered Oreos that were sitting right there Hey, the when top. God does something, he does it right. He does <laughs> it right. And the wonderful thing about that story was these are not people with loud faith. I mean, they're the kind of people that are always telling them that they just need something. They're waiting on God to supply yeah. it, you know. They're just very quiet, unassuming people with their faith. They love Jesus, but they're very faithful. And they're in the back seat of their car, and we should remind her to lock her car. <laughs> you know, they're in the back seat of her car. It was just packed out with groceries. You know, stay faithful, not just yeah. during the good times, but stay faithful during the hard times. Peter is writing this to Christians who are going through a hard time. This COVID crisis is nothing compared to the persecution they were going through. Yeah. The racial trauma that our nation is experiencing right now is nothing compared to the persecution the early church was going through. The political upheaval in our country right now is nothing compared to the overwhelming, uh, overbearing rod of the Roman Empire and of Caesar. People were really persecuting Christians because of their faith. And so Peter is reminding them, stay faithful. Would you read this next verse? We think of persecution oh. as somebody saying something like you were talking about, yeah. you overheard. The persecution they were experiencing was life and death. You know, you're just reminding me of a scripture. Jesus says, beware when all people speak well of you. <laughs> and so sometimes if folks are talking bad about you because of your faith, not because you're doing the right thing, but because of your faith mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ, that's not a bad thing. I don't want to be uh, criticized because I'm lazy or I'm irresponsible or I'm a gossip, those things that the Lord hates. But if I'm persecuted for being a passionate follower of Jesus Christ, so be it. I don't want to be foolish, but I want to be what is it Jesus said? Wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. As a dove. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 15. And so I am especially eager that you have all of this down in black and white so that after I die, you will have it for ready reference. For ready reference. Boy, the R's that he's using here. <laughs> you know, it's just powerful. Remind, reminding, remember, recall. Now we're recommitting. Now he says, I want you to have it for reference. I'm sorry, all those R's just keep <laughs> popping out at me tonight. 
Are you ready for this? So, you know, what he's got, what he's left for us is the scriptures, and we have it in black and white. And if you're a wise parent tonight, maybe you've bought a, a children's Bible story book, and if your children are a little longer, maybe you've bought them one of the children's illustrated versions of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I love the Bible that our oldest son and his uh, wife have brought their, bought their sons because it's a what graphic novel type of yeah is that how you say it yeah it's like pictures, uh, cartoon type, like a pictures. comic book I yeah. guess. Yeah, but I love it. It's a full big Bible with all the stories in it, and they love for me to read it to them, and I love to be. Oh, able and to they read come it to up them. with good questions. Oh, they come up with great questions, but it's in black and white. Would you read this quote by Frederick Buechner? Hope stands up to its knees in the past and keeps its eyes on the future. Right. There has never been a time past when God wasn't with us as the strength beyond our strength, the wisdom beyond our wisdom. To remember the past is to see that we are here today by grace and that we have survived as a gift. Hallelujah. Listen, when I read the scriptures and when I read the epistles in the New Testament, and then the gospels, they move me deeply. The book of Acts, the book of Luke and Acts together, I really love. But when I read the epistles, and I guess it's because I'm a pastor, and I see the problems and the challenges and the persecution that the church goes through, yeah. it motivates me. And then when I get to the revelation, and I know that Christ is coming again, and that everything is under God's control, it helps me to remember. I love this phrase, I am here today by the grace of God, and by the ministry of those who came before me, we're standing mm-hmm. on some big shoulders, and that we have survived as the body of Christ is the gift of God because the devil has been out to destroy and to stamp out the body of Christ ever since it was conceived. Since day one. Since day one. And friends, tonight we need to recognize we are here. The very fact that we're worshiping online together tonight is the gift of God. And Peter doesn't want us to forget. I love to collect funny stories. I love humor. We've got a dear friend from the church here in the hospital tonight, and he's he's had a series of many strokes, and we're praying for him. But he is just wonderful about coming and sharing funny stories with me. But this one I clipped out of Reader's Digest. It was about a man who they had a vacation home on a lake, and he got tired of them flying to their vacation home on the weekends and having to get in a car and drive from the airport took him about another hour to get their vacation home. So what he did, evidently he had some deep pockets. He <laughs> bought a plane that he could land on the lake. And so he was coming down to the airport, the one which they landed at to go to their vacation home, and his wife yells at him and says, No, no, you don't have any wheels. We've got <laughs> rudders or whatever you call those things Gliders. that they land, pontoons that you land on. And so he pulled up the plane real quickly, and he thanked her for reminding him, <laughs> and they landed on the lake, and he opened the door and stepped out, forgetting he was on the lake. <laughs> so sometimes we forget, even after a crisis and we've been reminded, we forget. And so it's why every day, two or three times a day, is a personal habit, I read my Bible in the morning, and this morning did a passage of Scripture leap out at me 
from Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12, God says, I watch over my word to perform it. God is going to keep every promise and fulfill every prophecy in this book. I love it that it says, I watch over it. Yeah. It's almost like he reminds himself. I mean, he, God doesn't forget. Right. But it's like, here it is. I'm watching over it. I'm not going to miss one single thing that I've promised. You need to keep talking just a second. <laughs> oh, don't tell me here that. Now I'll go here blank. It here it is. I just, I just wondered now what it said in the New, New, Eng, New English translation. For God says this. This is from the New English translation. This is a really valid, really good translation of the Scripture. I am early on the watch to carry out my purpose. I am early on the watch. God is going to fulfill His purpose for you and me. Friends, we don't rehearse these things. We just try to get to to bring you what we've studied and prepared and reflected upon. But as we close tonight, just a few things to remember. God will never forsake you. God will never leave you. And that's what Peter is yeah. reminding him about. You want to read that next one? God will continue to call us and remind us of God's promises. And what really stands out to me with Peter's life is that here was a man that had failed God. Mm -hmm. Remember, we brought this out the first night. Here was a man that had failed God. And he's writing to people that are struggling. Some of them may have failed. Let's, let's just be real frank. Some of them may have already failed. Because he's already wrote one epistle. He's wrote one mm -hmm. letter. Now he's writing a second letter to them. Because sometimes when we fail or we sin, we think God's given up on us or God doesn't have any more time for us. We think that God can't be pleased with us. And I've seen so many Christians give up. Haven't you? I have. I've also seen people that, like he says in the very beginning of the book, that, that you know this, yeah. you've been living this, but sometimes they get in that, well, I know this, yeah. I know what to do, and yeah. then we stumble. Yeah. But God is saying to you tonight, through the Apostle Peter, because I think the more I read this book over and over again, He's writing as one that remembers he failed the Lord three times. But the mm -hmm. Lord told him, says, Peter, I prayed for you before he ever failed. He says, I prayed for you so that you will strengthen your brothers and sisters in Christ. And tonight, 2,000 years later, the epistle of Peter is still strengthening you and me and all the body of Christ that reads it and applies it to their lives. So don't you ever think God gives up on you. God will never give up on you. You never give up on God. God always gives to us forgiveness, yeah. restoration. And even restoration, it's a good word, yeah. but he just doesn't bring us back to where we right. were. He takes us so much further. Takes us through reconciliation. Oh, boy. Look at all the R's we've got tonight. Remind. Excuse me, remember, remembering, remind, reference, recall, now reconciliation and restoration. You want to add another I feel like I'm on Sesame Street. It's Brought to you this week by the letter R. <laughs> and I'm grateful for Rebecca's help tonight. So let's pray together this evening before we go. My timer's going off and says we're finished. We're done. Okay. <laughs> Father in heaven, we love you so much. Thank you that you have given us the epistles of Peter from a man who failed and succeeded because you didn't give up on him and he, Lord, didn't give up on you. 
I thank you that it's not by our efforts of our flesh that we succeed. It's by your sustaining grace and power. Lord, I ask you tonight that you would reach out to those tonight who need to be reminded. Remember, recall, reference the word of the Lord, study the word of the Lord. And to those, Lord, that may be in danger of slipping and giving up, I pray that you will also remind them tonight that, Lord, you are more than willing to restore them and bring reconciliation not only to you and them, but as much as lies possible with other people. I pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to join Becky and I tomorrow on Facebook. We'll be doing our daily update. And then Friday is our question of the week and our book, book recommendations. Yeah. yeah, and I'm looking forward to doing those. And then Sunday morning, I am looking so forward to preaching. My title of my message Sunday morning is What Sparks Joy? <laughs> what sparks joy so be sure and join us online or come and join us here on campus at either 10 o'clock or 11 30 right you got it 10 o'clock or 11 30 god bless you good night